Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and By sunshine, liberty-loving patriots, welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Woo! (laughs) So happy to have you with us here today. So happy to have you with us on YouTube. If you're with us on YouTube, hello, I'm waving at you. And J.C.'s giving you funny eyeballs. So I wanted to talk, J.C., we've got a big story today about the Supreme Court Uh, And, man, I just, I tell you what, the movement of standard by this particular court, the Roberts Court, Mm. has just been just amazing throughout the years. Since Robert has been the Supreme Court Justice, the movement of the power of the federal government, increasing power to the federal government, decreasing power to the states, uh, increasing uh, the, the sphere of governance for the federal government, decreasing the due process and the fundamental rights of the people. It's, it's just, out, it, it's, it's outstanding to me. I mean, not in a good way, but in a bad way. Yeah, it seems to be coming into focus, like now that you, you kind of look back from the time of uh, Obamacare mm-hmm. opinion to now, now that you kind of get a broader scope, a, a broader view, yeah, you, you see it's been, I, I, when you said lowering the standard, that's I think that's really an apt description because yes. you talk about, I mean, sort of uh, devaluing right. property rights, Fourth Amendment protections, I mean, just on and on. Well, anytime you increase the power of the federal government, anytime you increase the sphere of governance, there is always exponentially a decrease in the rights of the people. And that's what we're seeing. Fourth Amendment has taken a huge hit in the Roberts Court. You've got an increase then in regulatory power through the Roberts Court. And now we're going to see a decrease in the the freedom of speech and right to peaceably assemble aspects of the fundamental rights of Americans' liberties. Yeah. So it, this it is seems, and it seems just it just in my sort of layman's view, um, it's I don't know the word I don't know what word to use, but a more uh, sort of chaotic trend maybe inconsistent so now i've got the word for you since it's arbitrary 
The word is well, arbitrary because the court is making this up as they go along. And Gorsuch mentioned yeah, this no, in the state. There's no real standard. Right, right. right. No, I mean, yeah, but that that's the trend. That's the Roberts trend. But now I'm talking about in recent days. Uh, so particularly with Gorsuch and I would say Sotomayor, the the fact that those those two in particular are seemingly are on different sides well Gorsuch's always consistent okay mm -hmm. so it's it's Thomas and Alito and Roberts that are going to be you know someplace else depending on the thing mm -hmm. and then Sotomayor ha you know like she's supportive of the Constitution. Well, in you've got you've got Ginsburg strict cases, and you've got so it's uh, all over the map, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you've got Ginsburg, and you have um, uh, Alina Kagan. They're right. always the the standard liberals. Yeah. Then you have they're, they're almost always opposed to liberty and 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 contrary to the Un unless nine times out of ten. They're, if, if you're a white guy, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. If you're a white guy, they're yeah. going to be opposed to your liberty. Yeah. So unless, like we saw the other day, unless there's an overriding uh, something that sort of trumps their anti-constitution view, mm -hmm. then they're going to be consistently anti-constitution. So you have those two that vote one way. Then you have uh, Thomas and Alito. They're usually together on yeah. on any given day, unless there's an extreme police matter where where Thomas has to, you know. Thomas is, he is is always the na the nationalist and police state. Statist. So Thomas, oh my goodness. Uh, Clarence Thomas is typically more or less in line with the Constitution, unless it's an issue of a a powerful police state. He is very pro police state. Yes, like, absolutely. So, you know, if, if it's, that, anything that has to do with law enforcement, anything that has to do with federal. Uh, with federal agents, federal authority, yeah. and, and even when it's police power on the state level, yeah. he, he, wants, he wants undying loyalty, and he yeah. wants the command of an officer to be the law. That's right. what he is. The command of the officers are law. Yeah. Regardless of whether their commands actually match up with law or not, the commands will be law. Then you have Roberts, who... Is a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's schizophrenic. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's schizophrenic. You got Roberts who gives the, the Affordable Care Act opinion, and then embedded in the Affordable Care Act opinion, he screams out to the states, yeah. hey, you guys are separate independent sovereigns. You don't even have to do this if you don't want to. Right. So he's he's weird. He's, he's really sort of schizophrenic. And then, like you said, Gorsuch, I, I told you this the other day. I don't think I said this on the air, but I told you this the other day. I was like, I, I, I am so hesitant to step out and really give my seal of approval to Gorsuch because I don't want him burning me the way Amash has because I've never, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't put any politicians up on a pedestal. And at this point, Supreme Court justices are politicians. Sure. And so, you know, it's always liberty over security, principle over party and truth over personality. But you so know. it's a crapshoot with this this court because mm -hmm. they all have their little areas uh, that are their sort of pet hobby horse thing, and right. you know they're they're they have their blind spots. Uh, but Gorsuch is like he he sort of the I mean you can count on him. You almost know 
every time how he's going to rule. Mm -hmm. It's a, rule. it's a, it, how he's how he's going to issue his opinion. Hold. Um, <laughs> what opinion he's going to declare, and and it's very sort of libertarian, original intent. Mm -hmm. You know, constitution down for my, the line. For my legal nerds out there, you'll know what I mean when I say this. Gorsuch writes like Rehnquist. He writes for the common person. He doesn't throw a lot of Latin and legalese. Yeah. Not only that, he's very he's very simple in his presentation, but he's very logical and very organized and very common sense based. That's the way Rehnquist was. Only I think Gorsuch does it better. I so the thing I like about reading may are we going. We're going full nerd, I guess, in this episode. So people are like, what are they talking about? But in reading uh, Gorsuch's opinions over the last few years, um, the one thing I noticed him, he's, he's so, his reasoning is so astute. Like, he can dissect the issue, and he gets right to the central issue. Mm -hmm. While you see these other justices, they almost get lost in the weeds of the law. Like they <laughs> they they look so no, they hard. They, but right. Well, that's what you. The point you, is, they look so hard. They get yeah. lost in the weeds of their own agenda. Right. But they fixate. But and but the mechanism by which they do that, as I'm reading them, they get fixated on a legal doctrine. Mm -hmm. Right. And and it's like they're so sort of straining on how do how do I fit this legal doctrine and in the you know you know how it goes I mean the legal doctrine may come may have come about because two Supreme Court opinions you know in the 1800s said this and all of a sudden they had to create a thing like that's something that Gorsuch is always dealing with mm -hmm. going okay wait a minute guys remember that one opinion he basically said well let's go back to the beginning because yeah. this legal doctrine was invented by the court in the first place. Yeah. And why don't we stop here and question that instead of trying to wrap reality around a, a legal doctrine that's not the Constitution and may be flawed in the first place. You know, so he's the only one that just seems to really get to what's going on. Well, and that's, that's the point that we've been trying to make for a long time. Uh, I've been doing this for nine years now, and this is the point that I've been trying to make for nine solid years. Being constitutional is simple. Being constitutional is is common sense. Being constitutional is is consistent, and that's what we we see in Gorsuch. There's an article at ChrisAnnHall.com about the key to understanding the Constitution, and I have a couple articles on original intent that explain the constitutional application properly through original intent, and that's what Gorsuch does. What what makes politics so complicated? What makes the Supreme Court so complicated is not the Constitution, it's their deviation from it. If they stuck with the Constitution and they stayed with the standard, then things wouldn't be so complicated. People wouldn't be checking out, oh, I can't possibly understand that. You've got to have decades of study. And then you would eliminate the elite legal class because then everybody would be able to understand how it's supposed to work, which Can is how it was supposed to work. Can I hit you with a question? Sure. So it was my contention a few years ago the sort of broad view that confirmation hearings are worthless. Oh, yeah. You should ignore everything that happens, everything that is said. However, at that time, you were 
not happy with one of the way Gorsuch answered a question. In light of that, would you say uh, how how pleasantly surprised <laughs> are you uh, now that you've been able to see his, his body of work over these several years? I am pleasantly surprised. I am very pleasantly surprised. I think maybe, you know, you... Uh, it helps that you can judge him amongst the other judges because he clearly is a front runner, constitutionally speaking, especially after all the hype about Kavanaugh, right? Because, you know, he's the one who waived his, his tattered constitution and, and went through all of the, uh, you know, the, the gauntlet. But seeing him next to Kavanaugh makes me think that, that Gorsuch is the closest to a constitutional champion that we've seen in a long time. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. So people are probably wondering, why are, why are we talking about Gorsuch? Why is this a Gorsuch show? What, what has sprung him as a topic today oh well we have a supreme court case that we're going to be talking about our uh, and it's all about first amendment now remember there's five liberties in the first amendment and this supreme court case actually deals with uh freedom of speech and free and uh possibly freedom of press and the right to peaceably assemble which should be foremost on the people's mind because on sunday we uh Franklin Graham called for a national day of prayer in support of Donald Trump. And now you've got all the people coming out of the woodwork uh, complaining about the fact that Franklin Graham was, can you catch this? Now, now I'm, I'm reading this from a Think Progress article that, yeah, yeah, I know you're laughing, that Franklin Graham was allowed to call a national day of prayer, right? Did they say by whom? by Franklin Graham, called for a national day of prayer. They're concerned. I mean, who allowed him? Right, right, Who do they allege issues that permission? I, I don't know. See, that's what's <laughs> wrong with these people. They don't get it. And, they, and what we have is this Dr. Emily Johnson, assistant professor of history at Ball State University, uh, says, you know, the, the real national day of prayer really isn't that, you know, controversial because it calls for a uh, nationwide, doesn't matter what your denomination is, what your beliefs are, just offer up your prayers, your thoughts, and your well wishes. And we're cool with that, she says. But this national day of prayer, they're concerned, especially this Reverend Marie Alford Harkey, who is the president of the Religious Institute and a pastor with Metropolitan Community Churches, was upset because of the difference between the National Day of Prayer and the Franklin National Day of Prayer. You know why? Because Franklin Graham has been able to dictate the narrative for his National Day of Prayer. Okay. What, what is... 
what exactly is her? Well, we know what her problem is with yeah, that, but yeah, yeah. what kind of sense does that make? Well, it okay. So, but it he, it, he can call right. if he's the one calling it. He can set the agenda for whatever, and then people who want to pray for that they pray, and then churches who don't they don't. Right, and people who don't and don't, she's su- don't. and she's suggesting somehow there needs to be an, an a government agency that approves to, to, or to stop to regulate someone from asking for prayer for a specific thing maybe because he called for a <laughs> national day of prayer because he used the word national he has transformed himself into a government agent so no here here's this is yeah so this is the thing jc and i said this time and time and time and time again there is such a disconnect in American society today with understanding the difference between private and government actors, between private speech and government speech. And I think that this particular Supreme Court case um, <laughs> doesn't really help us much with that either because this Supreme Court case, we're talking about a case called um, By the way, can I send can I send the Reverend a pacifier? Yeah, for, to help her with her sure, whining. Sure, sure. Uh, can you say that name? I don't do Spanish well. Luis Nieves. 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 Luis Nieves uh, v. Russell P. Bartlett. Now Nieves is a citizen, uh, and Bartlett is a state trooper. No. I, I thought. No, no, no. Bartlett was the guy. No. They arrested. No. No. Because he sued the police officers. Right. That's why he's the petitioner. Versus Bartlett. Right? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. Bartlett is the guy who was arrested. Yeah. Nieves. That's the quote-unquote troublemaker. Yes, the troublemaker. So, um, basically what happens is this is in Alaska, the 2014 Alaska Arctic Man Festival. And Bartlett doesn't like how the officers are conducting their, what, what we call in the legal field, their citizen contacts. Ah, so you yeah. go up and you ask somebody a question and how are you today and whatever. And Bartlett is running around the Arctic Man Festival trying to inform everybody they don't have to talk to the police. <laughs> Now, um, when we come back from the break, we'll get into the details of this. But if you're watching us on YouTube right now, I have a segment up from Gorsuch's dissent that we'll see right after the break that really gives us the crux of the problem in this case altogether. As arrogant men tear up our constitution and from every direction. We cry can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Before we jump into the Supreme Court case, let me remind you, you must be a defender of your liberty. Let us help you train to do that. Join me and the Bearded Black Cowboy, a.k.a. Larry Stevenson, a.k.a. uh, Self-Defense Master, teaching us hand-to-hand self-defense, active shooter defense, handgun accuracy and precision, and in-real-life shooter training while I give constitutional background in the whole thing. So... 
this Supreme Court case, Neves v. Bartlett. And here's a clip from Gorsuch's, Gorsuch's um, uh, dissent where he pretty much sums up what happens. He says, no one agrees who started the trouble at the 2014 Alaska Arctic Man Festival, but everyone agrees two troopers ended it by arresting Russell Bartlett for harassing one of them. And it's the arrest that led to this lawsuit. Gorsuch says Mr. Bartlett alleges that the real reason the troopers arrested him had nothing to do with harassment and everything to do with his decision to exercise his First Amendment free speech rights by voicing his opinions to the troopers. Like I said, he didn't like this, what we call in the legal field, the citizen contact. Officers coming up to people, it's how they check if you're intoxicated, you know, or if you're on, they, they smell drugs on you or whatever, right? It's, yeah. The whole contact was, thing is to initiate contact to, to see if yeah. people are violating laws. So the story was they had, they're basically having a kegger outside this RV and, and the cop said, hey, can you put the keg in the RV? Mm -hmm. There are kids around, there are minors here that are, you know, running off with all this alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so then, which by the way, was not, I guess was not Bartlett or whatever, but uh, so Bartlett basically starts saying, you know, armchair no, lawyer, no, nobody, the defense lawyer, you don't have, you to, don't talk have to talk to, to him. You don't right. have to answer anything. Blah, blah, blah. And they said he was being loud and yelling. And then the officers alleged that, uh, they they left when this initial encounter, and then uh, apparently the officer was talking to a minor. Hey, mm -hmm. you, you is that alcohol that you right. you're stealing and now drinking? And and then uh, this Bartlett gets in between the officer and the minor, and so this is where the officer says he you know he came at me aggressively, and he I pushed him pushed away, him, yeah. and then I I pushed Bartlett away. And uh, my partner saw it. He came over, and then that's when he arrested the guy. Yeah. So, and and the thing here's the thing. It took me a while. I went all the way through Thomas's and and you know trying to figure out what the heck these guys are saying. So it's not a. In fact, the guy was arrested, but then later released, and no charges were filed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the facts of the of what's going on. He it's let, not about the kegger. It's not right, about, it's not the about any of that. It's not so, even but, about him being but intoxicated. He let, but he. But then Bartlett says that the officer said after he's arrested him, oh, "I bet you wish you to talk to me now." Yeah. And so he's saying because of that statement, the officer made it clear that he was arresting me. You know, for for my free speech. In other words, it's my, my a, choice not to talk to him. It's called a retaliatory retaliatory arrest. arrest. Yes. So it's Bartlett, right? In this case, the ones being sued are the mm -hmm. officers so bartlett is right. suing not not the state prosecuting him but him suing the yeah. state officers so so in the is, question of the court uh -huh. this is this what i well, thought was no, wait, key. hold on you're getting ahead of yourself now. yeah but i don't want people to be confused it's They're not, not about the confused. case no, it's no, no. about whether he is allowed to bring the case or not right because this falls under what we call a 1983 civil rights case right was bartlett's fundamental rights violated was he arrested uh vindictively in this retaliatory uh, arrest the well, question then becomes yeah. because the officer had probable cause to effectuate the arrest at the time can can bartlett sue 
for retaliatory arrest even when the arrest was justified by probable cause. Yeah. And so does 1983 allow for uh, probable cause uh, for suing officers even when there's probable cause for arrest? And that's what, what, what Gorsuch says. He says, Bartlett contends that the officer retaliation against his First Amendment protected speech entitles him to damages under 1983. For their part, the troopers insist that the fact that they had probable cause to arrest Bartlett for some crime or really any crime, which is the issue, any crime, should be enough to shield them from liability. Now, Justice Sotomayor gives a dissenting opinion here because here's what happens. The majority court, okay, you have eight justices that agree on a single factor, and then uh, you, have, uh, you have Gorsuch and Sotomayor disagreeing on the fundamental factors. Okay, so uh, what happens is the court has said, okay, um, we are going to apply a standard here that there is now a limit on freedom of speech. Your freedom of speech is not protected when an officer has probable cause to arrest you. So let me walk through this. And I think that Sotomayor says this very well. She says, we granted certiorari to decide whether probable cause alone always suffices to defeat a First Amendment retaliatory arrest claim under 1983. The court answers the question, no, a correct and sensible bottom line on which eight justices agree. The eighth justice that does not agree is Thomas. Thomas does not agree. Thomas says that applying, uh, he says that probable cause should always defeat a First Amendment claim. He yeah. says, if, if an off, uh, in yeah. layman's terms, if an officer is arresting you, you lose your First Amendment rights. Yes, basically. He Period. says, applying the principle that resolves this case, plaintiffs bringing a First Amendment retaliatory arrest claim under 1983 should have to plead and prove a lack of probable cause. So we have a, he wants, the, the bottom line here I'm going to get to in just a second is in this well, opinion, that's in the, the, case. the court, in the, trial. the court has shifted the burden of proof. Now, Thomas wants to completely shift the burden of proof. He wants probable clause to eliminate everything. Gorsuch says, and this is what you were saying before, the issue here is not whether an arrest motivated by protected speech may violate the First Amendment despite probable cause for arrest. The question is under what circumstance is he permitted to get damages for that, mm -hmm. okay? And he says, uh, Gorsuch says, you can look at the statute as long as you like and you will find no reference to the presence or absence of probable cause as a precondition or defense to any suit. Instead, the statute imposes liability to on anyone who, under the color of state law, subjects another person, quote, to the depri deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured by the Constitution. So this is where Gorsuch separates from the main yeah. court. And this, this is what finally made sense when he brought clarity yeah. to this yeah. thing. The bottom line he's saying is these guys keep referencing the statute, mm -hmm. but everything you're saying is not in the statute. Right. You're just making stuff you up. You are making <laughs> stuff 
up. So you got go eight, along. eight or seven out of nine just justices just completely fabricating mm -hmm. what this law demands, similar to what Comey did when he dealt with the, the law about uh, the, the statute that directs how you handle classified information. So you basically have uh, seven James Comeys as Supreme Court justices and then Sotomayor and Gorsuch. Well, here's the thing. The whole argument by the majority court is if we don't side with law enforcement in this case, then everybody will be able to sue officers for violation of First Amendment, and then the officers will be pulled into court time and time again to have. And they and here's the thing that blew my mind: the Roberts, uh, the court, the officers will then have to prove to a court they were justified for. Uh, these arrests and to require officers to prove that they're justified to arrest people is just too much of a burden on our society. Well, if you're following proper procedure like most law enforcement officers are doing, um, you know, unlike the, the, the few who give law mm -hmm. enforcement a bad name, uh, you know, it's not it's, a, it's it's, not a problem. And that's but, exactly but, what Gorsuch and Sotomayor say. But if there is a problem, how could you how can you say how can seven out of nine justices say you have no right to, well, to appeal what, to a jury of mm -hmm, your peers mm -hmm. to make the determination? Right. That's that's, that's right. what really appeal just appeal to the jury. Of your and, peers. and that's the thing that sticks in this this whole thing. I, I believe you have to hang on to this is essentially about that, about letting a jury decide. And I think that's what Gorsuch was getting at. He said, this is not the court. It's not the court's here's place to go Gors ahead and make the decision. Here's what Gorsuch says. The point of this kind of claim isn't to guard against officers who lack lawful authority to make an arrest. Rather, it's to guard against officers who abuse their authority by making an otherwise lawful arrest for an unconstitutional reason. Exactly. I love what he said. I just threw this in here as a bonus for your educational dollar. He says, Today, this is Gorsuch, today warrantless arrests are often both authorized by state law and permitted by the Constitution, quote, as this court interpreted it, so long as the officer possesses probable cause to believe a crime has been committed. And then he goes on to talk about the ubiquitous nature. Now, what we need to understand, this is, this is the bottom line of this, JC. We've got to understand what this case does. This case shifts the burden of proof once again, from an innocent until proven guilty to a guilty until proven innocent. Now, the standard for this kind of thing I have up here on YouTube. Which Justin step, Amash apparently now supports. Right. Step one and two. Step one, the, uh, a person who's bringing a claim against the government must assert that a constitutionally protected conduct was substantial and mo a, was a substantial and motivating factor in the challenge challenge governmental action. Once somebody brings forward that piece, then the burden goes to the governmental actor to show that the same decision would have been made regardless of the protected conduct. So the government actor then has to prove, I did this and it wasn't because of what you said. This Supreme Court case shifts that completely. So now the Supreme Court case says that when somebody is arrested and they believe that their motivating factor was uh, their rights, now they have to prove that they actually 
wouldn't have been arrested in any other circumstance. I'll bring it back home to you uh, again on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Let me just show you how this shifts. This case, once again, moving America to a guilty until proven innocent society. And we've been watching this steady march for several steady years. Steady march. And it's it's picking. The, 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 the pace is quickening. When a plaintiff can muster evidence that he was arrested... When otherwise similarly situated individuals not engaged in the same sort of protected speech had been had not been. So, the officer arrests you for jaywalking. Mm-hmm. You say, wait a minute. You're arresting me because I argued with you, not because I was jaywalking. Mm-hmm. Now you have to prove that the officer didn't arrest other jaywalkers. You actually have to find evidence that this particular officer doesn't arrest jaywalkers so that you can bring these statistics to the court and say, you know, statistically speaking, this guy's arresting me because of what I said, because here's A, B, C, and D, where he did not arrest jaywalkers. Here's the crazy thing the court said. Evidence of statements and motivations are irrelevant if probable cause exists. So you can't even quote the officer's statements that would be uh, evidence of his motivation because the probable cause now exists and this doesn't matter anymore. Yet you'll have that happen to you mm-hmm. if you go to trial. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, that, the, let me, let but me that t- burden actually does the opposite of what Thomas was claiming, right? right. Because now... If you know that now this guy, the, so the jaywalker, right, mm-hmm. who says, no, nah, that's another reason why he did this. If if the officer knows, okay, in any case, then he's got to go out and find places where I didn't arrest other jaywalkers. That is what puts an undue burden okay, on the so officer because now the officer no, no, wait, every day. have a day, really great example But here. the officer every single time mm-hmm. has to make sure he arrests everybody Every time. You talk about an excessive burden on the officer. Well, that's true, but I don't think it's going to go that way. I think it's going to be the way Sotomayor says. She says, imagine that a reporter is investigating corruption in a police unit. An officer from that unit follows the reporter until the reporter exceeds the speed limit by five miles per hour, then delivers a steep ticket and an explicit message. Until you find something else to write about, there will be many more where this comes from. Now, she can allege that this ticket was based on her free freedom expression of freedom of press, but his statement can never come in as evidence in the process of determining whether she can actually bring this claim. Remember, it's not about whether her rights were violated. It's about whether she can bring this claim. Yeah. So the Supreme Thomas, Court, Thomas would say the fact that she's going five miles an hour, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So what happens is now we have a standard about whether somebody can bring a claim or not. And what happens is she can't bring the, the claim is completely stopped because of probable cause. And she can't say, well, 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 wait a minute. This is what he said, because in the preliminary parts, this never, ever comes into evidence. Well, and Gorsuch made a good point about this because people say, well, 
do the crime, do the time. She was she, in that mm-hmm. in that scenario. She was in fact speeding. What? Mm-hmm. So what's the big deal, right? Yeah, so Gorsuch. Gorsuch says, well, where we are now with everything under the sun being criminalized, some minor things being criminalized. He said, you know, you're guilty of countless crimes every, every day. day. So somebody with an axe to grind can, like in this mm-hmm. scenario, and she was actually quoting a case. That, that that's a actually, reference yeah, to a real a, a real, real case. case. Mm-hmm. And so he said, basically. Uh, you know, some some uh, agent with an axe to grind can follow you around long enough and do this. In 1969, the Supreme Court dealt with this, and this is a long-standing freedom of speech case in which the Supreme Court in 1939, in a very famous case called Gregory v. Chicago, said, to let a policeman's command become equivalent to a criminal statute comes dangerously near to making our government one of men rather than laws. And this is now what the Supreme Court has done. Mm-hmm. This Supreme Court has let a policeman's command become the equivalent of law. And this is what Alexander Hamilton said. What is the liberty of the press? Who can give it any definition which would not leave the utmost latitude for evasion? We have allowed the Supreme Court to expand its jurisdiction. We've allowed the, fe- the all governments, state and local and federal, to make everything illegal to such a point that they are in the process of defining our rights. This remind- They're defining them away from us. This reminds me of the NDAA phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? Because it's connected with funding the military, no one will protest, Okay. So because this deals with police, they can take advantage of people's support for law enforcement mm-hmm. and use it as a pretense to chip away should at we, people's right to Should we take a process. break, JC, and how many people hate this show again today because of the topic here? Look, we're trying to warn you. There's a step, one more step to the dilution of our rights, and it's time to wake up and get aware. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.